Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. I wanted to start the show with a shout out to my brilliant friend, BJ Fogg, author of Tiny Habits. And I started my day today with his terrific Maui habit. Yes, as in the Hawaiian island where he lives. And it goes like this. After you put your feet on the floor in the morning, you immediately say this phrase, it's going to be a great day. And as you say these seven words, you try to be super optimistic and positive. I even jumped the gun because I said this before my feet landed on the ground. And I have to tell you, it's been a spectacular day so far. Um, So he's had an inspiring journey, by the way. And I was grateful to him because he joined me on episode 54 of my podcast over two years ago on November 17, 2020. So check that out. And I'm grateful for an awesome lineup of callers today. And we're going to start with Jenny over the Hudson in New Jersey. Jenny, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi, Molly. This is Jenny from Jersey. How are you today? <laughs> I'm fabulous. Could not be better. And I'm interested what the challenging conversation is on your mind. So um, I've, I've been, um, I'm born in New York City and I'm Asian. I want to know, how can those who are not um, not spoken advocate um, like or promote, like how can we promote ourselves in particular? How can we say it skillfully without sounding like we're bragging? <laughs> I love this because I'm Asian too, as you know, and this uh, is a, is was a real challenge, I would say, for me. And I, I see it a lot and I'm very empathetic. So I appreciate it. You're bringing it up. Jenny, did, is English your first language or was Chinese a first language or what uh, Asian? Is English your? is my first language. Okay. And is um, in your family, did people, um, was it always English speaking or do you have relatives that speak uh, Asian languages? Um, my grandmother only spoke Asians. I grew up uh, with her, and then my parents speak both Chinese and English. And I'm curious did you did you speak Chinese at all when you were young? Do you have recollections of that? Uh, yes, yes. Bro- broken Chinese, yes. Yes. Listen, I, I say this with a lot of compassion. I have. I, one of my regrets in life, frankly, is that I'm not fluent in Mandarin and Cantonese. It's really a bummer. And it's not my parents' fault because we just rebelled because we really wanted to fit in. And speaking Chinese was really, did not make us feel comfortable, sadly. So it was something that we sort of rejected, unfortunately. Um, so I just ask that in, in the sense for people for whom English isn't a first language, just understanding what speaking English might mean for you and to be able to be in good relationship with that. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm very proud of my culture now, but I will say that there were years where I was not um, as, as comfortable in my skin and it took me a little bit of a while to get into that. So Jenny, when you are thinking about promoting yourself, 
And I'll start with like, what goes on for you? Like what, what's, what's going on inside? I think oftentimes I feel like I need to um, replicate how my peers are communicating, managing up on what was done and how it was done. Um, For example, oftentimes I feel like, you know, it might have just been climbing a hill, but it will be described as if they climb Mount Everest. So I... I, I don't know how to say it skillfully without sounding like I'm bragging. Maybe there's other ways of doing it or saying it that you can recommend. Yeah, I appreciate that. So if I'm hearing you, you you feel like this is kind of the bar that's been set. People communicate this way. You might perceive something as, you know, it was a challenge, but not exactly climbing Mount Everest. <laughs> and so... <laughs> They come across you like, dude, that was not my choice. Okay, that was you could have done that in hiking shoes. You didn't need <laughs> exactly. I, I hear you on that, and that's great. And I want to normalize that for you. Um, and I think some compassion in the sense that, and if you assume the person is coming across with positive intent, meaning they're not trying to brag, and that might be a stretch, maybe they are, but you know, for them, that really may have felt like a very big lift. So show compassion that that was something that was something that was a big challenge for them. And we want to honor them and support them in that for you, it might've been more of a piece of cake, you know, and that's great for you. So I I think just first let, let them be, let's not make other people bad or wrong, but just accept them and embrace them for who they are. Um, And now for you. Okay. And I, and I also will layer on, I think, Sometimes gender-wise, women may have more of a struggle with this. I haven't seen the data, but I hear a lot more women struggle with that. So can you give me an, uh, an example of when you wanted to say something that you, you did in the right way just, uh, and, and it would help us to work with something real? I'm just trying to think of an example right now. Um, I can't recollect something recent and specific. It's okay. Let's let's make one up. And and so I think that this is a shout out for folks. There is this notion of uh, what is it called? Head down, pencil up. We're just doing work. You think everyone's going to know? Okay. And just so folks listening, no, everyone does not know how much you're doing, how you're doing it. That's just not their job. And so don't make that their job. So it is appropriate to think about it as educating people. They're educating people on what it took. And if you are worried about coming across as bragging, for example, this, this notion of transparency is our friend is a way to start with it. So let's just say you uh, you you created did an accomplishment, um, created a result for the company, Jenny, that you just want to make sure people appreciate. And like you said, you don't want to sound like you're pounding your chest, um, but it might sound like you know one thing. And I'm really proud of the team. Um, and it was a real privilege to be at the helm of it. So it's very clear right there that you are the helm of the team. Yeah. And this, let me just lay this out because I think people will appreciate, lay out a customer situation, lay out the facts of what it was. And one of the things that we did is we did this. We could have done X. I made the call to do Y. And I'm really happy to report this is how it landed. And it even surprised me how great the results were. A little bit of a story. Okay, 
but you're taking people through it, not leaving out, you know, the things that were hard. And as you might say, at one point, I didn't think we were going to make it. And I have to say, uh, I was glad I made the call and it worked out really great for us. I'm happy to share more. Do folks have any questions? So I'll just pause there. How's that land for you? I like it. What? The story idea, and I was just in a session with a, a great gal who was helping folks learn how to tell stories, which I have a ways to go on, by the way. The, the idea of educating and then also the story part does require putting people, putting yourself in the other people's shoes. So it's easy to think, okay, I'm Jenny. I'm a bit, my, my main thing is I don't want to come across as I'm bragging. Okay. And I get that. So that's, but that, but that's not helpful in, in other people um, appreciating what you have to say. So it is about like, Hey, let me that, that go. I can hear your voice. You don't sound like someone who I'm going to be concerned about over the top bragging. Right. And that just doesn't sound like you. And I it could be wrong for some people I work with. I could see how that could happen. So I have to to, to counsel them on that, but that's probably not, you're not going to come across like, wow, she's really trying to steal the show. So, so just know that your, your ability to do that really vouches for your team and for yourself and for yourself. So and I think there's a mental switch there. And Molly, you were spot on when I grew up, my parents constantly, constantly reminded me you know, heads down, heads down, you know, just work really hard. People will notice as long as you work hard. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I get it. And I really respect it. I, I feel very privileged to have had a great example in my parents of just super hard work. And, you know, I am proud of the fact that that's never going to be something that I can't keep up with the rest. Right. And that that's something that we do. And, and it's not fair, if you will, to ask people to somehow magically know everything that happened. Now, if folks are in leadership and you're listening, um, sometimes people can make things look really easy. And that can be something that you can use um, in reverse with folks saying, you know, I, w- I just want to shout, make a shout out here, the team, it, it may have looked super easy. And there is a fair amount of blood, sweat and tears. I'm not trying to brag at all or have anyone feel sorry for us. But I just want to educate folks so that people are uh, aware that this is what it actually took so that we're, we're on the same page and have an accurate understanding of what work was required. Um, so I, I And think- it's okay to say, like, is, Molly, is it okay to say, you know, in, 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 the, in the framework that you had just mentioned, is it okay to say, I'm not trying to brag? Like, would people feel that because I'm saying I'm not trying to brag that I am bragging? That's a great question. And it depends on how you say it. But knowing you and just where I come from, it's just, it's clear. Like, you know, it's not a natural thing. And so I think people will appreciate, look at, I'm not, I'm not trying to be bragging. I just want folks to know. And the thing is, that's the me, what's going on for me, you, the other people, and we, the, the highest level. So if you're coming across it, I, I feel like it'll be very helpful if everyone has an accurate sense of what it really took so that, you know, we have this in our collective experience and learn from it. So your intention supporting the whole and you're thinking, I just want to, folks, I don't want folks to think I'm thinking it was just me. Um, but I do have to say, I'm very proud of what happened and I'm really have, um, thankful to have a chance to share it with. So there's a fine line and I just want to encourage, there's no, it doesn't have to be perfect. It needs to be real. 
Now I'm wondering, Thank you, Molly. You, yeah, well, my pleasure. I'm wondering, do you have folks on your uh, team or folks you work with that you see struggling with this? I see oftentimes lots of people struggling with it. Um, a lot of people either do not get acknowledged and or um, feel that oftentimes that that because they work hard, everyone is aware of what they're doing. And as an example, um, someone had sent me um, an email about wanting to get promoted, get wanting to get promoted, not on my team, but was asking for feedback. And um, I'm his mentor, and but he hasn't been actively self-promoting himself at all. This is a great one, and this is a great mentoring opportunity for you. So I think a question might be, um, well, first, let me ask, what did you say to him when he came to you? Um, I walked him through the overall process and timeline for our promotion process. I also mentioned to him that he needs to do um, some self-promotion for himself um, to market what he's doing. And I gave some suggestions on how. Like, my, like I guess for me, I find it easier giving people advice than doing it myself. <laughs> like saying it myself, Molly, I have a difficult time saying it myself. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm laughing with you for sure. So I'm sure you gave him super advice. I, I think that for the other leaders listening, if you see someone say, look, I think you're doing awesome work. Part of growing as a leader is being able to also take your fair share of credit and helping people appreciate what you did, what it took to get there, what you learned along the way, not to brag, but to be factual. So I think helping people realize there's a driver for change, like you need to do it because if you don't do it, it doesn't come across as if you're confident about your, your own work product and you can't expect other people to be confident of you if you're not coming across as confident. And there is a fine line, right? So I think helping people normalize that for people is great. And then I think for you, you know, this is the be your best friend, Jenny. So you just look in the mirror, just talk to yourself as if you talk to him. And then, so the question then gets back to, why is it hard for me? Okay. And it's, and, 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 you know, unpack it a little bit. Like why, you know, there's the, you know, I call this affectionately my ancient Chinese culture. This is how it's supposed to be done, you know? And so that could be a factor, mm -hmm. uh, right? There could be a fear factor, very valid. Like, oh, I really don't want to come across as I'm bragging. Totally legit. I think, I think now, like, with the verbiage that you've given me, it's easier for me to say. Um, oftentimes, I'm just stuck on the exact exact verbiage on what to say um, because I'm always considering what other people would think. So now that you've provided me with that verbiage, I think that if I can practice it, it would... Um, I'd be able to improve upon it, upon, um, upon it for sure. I love, it. I love it. I think this practice thing is great folks. So I do suggest that I know people are going to cringe when they hear this record yourself, you know, use your voice memo on your phone and just listen to yourself. And the thing is you listen to yourself. Like, do I sound genuine? 
Do I sound, you know, self-confident in the way that's, that's Jenny self-confident, right? So how Jenny comes across self-confident is not how Molly comes across as self-confident. It's something that is authentic to you. And this is a great opportunity to, you got to believe yourself. <laughs> so, and, and I really, I, I don't say that to be cheeky. I, I do think this starts with just the belief in ourselves saying, hey, I'm doing great stuff here. I want to share with the team because I want to educate. I want to help people learn from what um, I learned from and what I did. Also ask for ideas for how I could have been even better, perhaps. But that when you're thinking about being in service and communicating that with your heart, it goes well. <laughs> it goes well, right? And I think um, people will also appreciate, you can call it out, right? Hey, it's a growth opportunity for me. I'm not someone to normally talk about myself and taking credit, but I'd like to do that. It's something that I really need to do on behalf of uh, myself and for my team. And there's a vulnerability there that's heart, that's tender, you know, that's heartwarming. Say, so, hey, we're trying to, to raise the bar. And for all the folks out there, leaders, if you're not raising the bar, you're not creating headroom for your people to kind of step up. So it's absolutely incumbent on the leadership to be clear, hey, we need to grow. So we create space for our people to grow. And, and um, it's a collective win. I love that, Molly. If you are seeing me right now, you'll see me smiling with a big oh, smile. I love it. You sound more relaxed. You sound more relaxed. You sound more relieved. Yes. So we have chatted about a lot. I'm uh, wondering, do you have one top takeaway for us? My top takeaway is to practice, um, record myself, make sure I sound confident in saying it, and then go ahead and implement it. <laughs> I love the process thinking. <laughs> Listen, you know how to reach me. Let me know how it goes. If I can be more help, I am here for you. I appreciate you calling in, Jenny, and thank you for being a big part of the solution. You take good care. Thank you, Molly. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Oh, so fabulous. Uh, just a reminder, folks, there is more more resources for you on my website, say it's skillfully.com. Encourage you to check out my free mini course and get a head start on how you can speak up positively and productively in any situation. Okay, we're heading to my old stomping ground and I am greatly appreciating Jim for calling back into the show. He's a pro. Jim, welcome back to Say It Skillfully. Thank you, Molly. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm thrilled, and I am really wondering what is top of mind for you today? Yeah, so I have a management strategy question for you, and I'll give you a little background on uh, what brings us up. So it was announced in our last company meeting that starting next year, our company is moving to an unlimited personal time off or PTO model. And uh, the employer responses span the spectrum. I estimate about a third of the employees support the new policy, a third do not, and the other third are pretty neutral. Um, there are two general reasons that I've heard why employees are less receptive of the new policy. Um, first, in the earned vacation model, taking time off is based on years of seniority. Uh, so like many companies today, half of our employees have been with the company less than two years. So they have the least amount of accrued and potential PTO, while the other half have been around long enough to accrue uh, time off and carry over. So as you can guess, newer employees are more supportive of the policy, longer term employees are less receptive. 
And I understand why, right? The, there's an imbalance in what is being gained and what is being lost with this policy change. Um, second, employees who dislike the new policy see it as a way for the company to save money. The company does not need to pay out unused PTO when an employee leaves, and thus it reduces their financial liability. You know, on a personal level, employees feel like they're losing their quasi-severance package when they choose to leave. You know, they're no longer paid out for their unused vacation. Um, so I met with each employee on my team and I asked their feedback. In general, they were neutral or supportive of the change because it's like how we currently manage time off within our team. Um, I believe that having a good work-life balance is a challenge and employees should be trusted to take time off as needed. You know, my team can take off for a personal emergency or a mental health day without worrying about their PTO accrual. You know, honestly, most of my team doesn't take the days off they're given today. Um, so with that, as we move into the new year and the new unlimited PTO policy, I want to ensure my team continues to take time off. And I'm looking for your ideas on how to make sure it happens throughout the year and without guilt if someone needs to take more time off than their teammates. I'm less worried about my team abusing the new policy. Uh, so what strategies would you recommend for managers like myself to ensure that the team continues to take the necessary time off to rest and re-energize? Wow, this is very leading. I, I'm sure other companies have done this in advance of you. I haven't worked with those that have, and it's cool that people are open to this and implementing it. So bravo for doing that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I read a stat that something like 70% of companies are looking at or have started to implement unlimited PTO. It's, you know, I, I've heard it come up in job interviews now where, you know, candidates are asking about what's your remote work policy, what's your PTO policy. So it's definitely a benefit that that people are interested in. Yeah, before we get to your question, just a, I am curious. Yeah. The I see this as a, a real opportunity and a and you need to have, I would say, great leadership and the connection with employees to, to really have the environment where people feel comfortable taking more than quote unquote might be normal, you know, because I could see people thinking like, wait a second, and, and then having a good group transparency so that there isn't resentment that builds up on teams, et cetera. So I do think that at a leadership level, it's a great opportunity. So when it was, I'm curious when it was, when they were thinking about it and as they were communicating it, Jim, what, how exactly was it communicated? I mean, I, I'm, I'm wondering if how the messaging landed, yeah. you know, for folks. Uh, it's actually a great question. I would say it was uh, a case study in things that you can do right and things that you can do wrong. It was announced during a all company meeting. And so I sit in middle management inside our company and I learned about the policy at the same time as everybody else outside of the senior leadership team. Um, so, you know, I was a little caught off guard to be able to field questions from my team after the call. Um, but they hadn't fully um, articulated why they were moving to this policy in a, in a way to what's the benefit to the employees. That came after the call. Um, so you could tell that that in their head, everything made sense. But when they communicated out to the employees who were at a contact level, it was the first time they were hearing about it. 
they weren't anticipating the questions that the, the employees were going to have. Yeah. So that, um, you know, great. So first of all, kudos to the management for, for doing this. And I'll assume the positive intent, they're not trying to. Yeah, it's definitely positive intent. Yes. Right, right. And so, and then, you know, I just kind of a nudge to say, wait a second, you know, you went, you got all the way there the last mile. (laughs) You didn't exactly think about kind of the principles of affecting positive change, which is that new information, meaning the management team's been talking about it. They're totally looped in on all the stuff going on. However, nobody else's, right? And for sure, middle management, it would be great to loop them in not only to help support the team, but also to consider things that perhaps the senior management didn't think of, right? So there's a co-creation and a way to enroll the middle management in the team and ensure, right, a higher higher likelihood that the message lands well for people. So I just want to offer that for folks. Um, I Sometimes I hear the need for speed and I would offer that, you know, doing it right the first time can have outsized um, benefit even though it might be a little bit slower. Um, I also think the transparency, when you think about the new folks kind of having an obvious, hey, we like it, the old don't. How do we, how do we create a net win-win? Is there a way to honor the, the folks who've been there longstanding um, in either recognition and or some kind of financial way that feels like they're being honored? And I think that's a very um, you know, valid thing to, to bounce around so that it feels like a net win for everything, right? So there's just thoughts for folks who might be thinking about it. Now for you, I love how you care about your people, I can tell, and that you want to make sure that they take it. For This is a great co-creation opportunity with the team. And it could be a chance to just really get a sense. I think you said you think people are pretty positive or neutral, but I think it'd be great to bring them together and say, hey, I really want to like, no holds bar here. Let's talk about this this policy for the company, let them bubble it up. Maybe people vent, what have you. That's great. And use it as an opportunity to make sure that you have a sense of where each and every person is. Keeping in mind, people may not ever agree. That's okay, but we're going to align on the policy because it's out. So I think that that could be a way for people to feel engaged about it. And then in your own mind, you may have some scenarios that said, you know, here's the scenario. And it's the unlikely one where someone takes advantage and they take off, you know, a week, a month or whatever. You can make it kind of light. Not really worried about that. And then you might say, well, here's another one. I could see so-and-so never taking PTO. And then you say, well, so what do you folks think about it? And use them to problem solve, solve for themselves. And then you might say, okay, what I'm hearing is this. I'm going to take one, two, and three. And I'm going to put those in action. So if I don't see you folks, you know, if I see you maybe pushing it a little too hard, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest A. So um, that, gives, that gives them a chance to have a voice in it. It also lets them know that if you feel, if you see the need, this is what you're going to do. There's no secret. <laughs> oh, Jim said he was going to do that. And he just did. So let me pause there. How's that, Lance? I actually really like the approach of bringing the team together and getting their feedback because it's it mirrors what I said up front where, you know, it was a new announcement to me and, you know, had had I had an opportunity to give feedback to the, the senior leadership team before they announced it, it could have helped with the messaging. I think this is the same type of boat where instead of me trying to just figure it out, getting feedback directly from the team and getting a consensus on what we as a team will, will work 
just improves the communication and, and, you know, will help in the transition to this new policy. Yeah. I love it. I'm think your team is great. I'm curious, Jim, how did you interact with the senior management, you know, after your state of shock, <laughs> I'm curious if, if you had a chance to pull anyone aside and be like, Hey, wonder what you were thinking. Gosh, it's great. Really would have loved to have heard earlier. Help listeners with, um, if, if you did at all, I'm just curious what action you did. Or yeah, did. I, I did. So I, I talked um, with my direct supervisor, who's part of the, the senior leadership team. And he, he acknowledged that he was, he realized that there should have been more communication to the other management before it was disseminated to the whole company. And then our CEO, um, who I have a good relationship with, we were talking at lunch and the conversation came up. So I was able to give him feedback in a very informal setting. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, a few people that, you know, that they wanted feedback and, you know, I feel like I've, I've earned their trust to give them honest feedback. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's to your credit for creating that relationship with them. Did they follow up or do they have plans to follow up the communication? They did. They actually did a really good job. So part of that, you know, the positive case study was they did do follow up within a week to clarify, you know, here are questions that we're hearing, here's answers to those questions. And then in our, um, a separate meeting, they even had an opportunity where you could ask the CEO questions. And, you know, there were a couple of questions that were plugged in to be part of the conversation with our CEO. So I do think they did a good job of addressing the most commonly asked questions from employees. It's fabulous. That's a note for listeners out there. So if we don't do it exactly right the first time, absolutely better to go back to the well, uh, acknowledge, oh, we we had talked about this, give people an opening, right? No one, people aren't perfect. That's okay. But better to do that than to kind of pretend it's all fabulous and and mush ahead. Yeah. Even though when you know people have serious questions. So I'm curious, is there... And this is my asking because I because this is a new thing for me and I, I yeah. like that a lot. Is there a standard that was communicated? You know, like I'm just I'm wondering what is like I don't know what the current policy is, and so what are people thinking is like an okay amount of time to take? Uh so you know, I would say that people will take a similar amount of time that they've always taken. So you know, employees typically will take you know about three weeks worth of time off on average. Um, I think the big shift as people were really thinking about it is so many people save their time to the end of the calendar year because they're afraid of running out of time. And now they're more open to saying, oh, I want to take time off in the summer when the weather is great in Rochester and not worry about, am I going to have enough time at the end of the year if my kid gets sick? Um, So I think that's probably the biggest shift that I've heard as people have sort of digested is the, you know, oh, I want to golf on Friday afternoons in the summertime. I can now do that without guilt and worrying about whether or not I'll have time at the end of the year. Yeah, that's fabulous. How, um, how does that for you as a, uh, a leader sh- change if like everyone has, wants to take the same time off? People have the time and everyone wants to. I'm, I'm curious how you navigate that. Yep. And that was actually one of the questions that was asked was, you know, can the entire team take time off? And 
The short answer is no, we still have to run a business. And there are going to be situations where everybody can't take time off at the same time. And that policy doesn't really change from what we're doing today. Um, so we do our best to accommodate, you know, being able to take time off, like last week being Thanksgiving, you know, two thirds of the team was able to take the day off Wednesday before Thanksgiving and half the team took the Monday off yesterday. Um, so, you know, you, you accommodate around making sure that you have enough coverage to keep the business running. That's great. Do the, do, do, was that an opportunity for the more tenured people to perhaps get at the front of the queue? How do, how do you think about that? Yep. Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly. So we do try to balance things like seniority when determining who gets time off. Um, you know, and if somebody hasn't taken a lot of time off, they may get bumped at the front of the line because they haven't taken time off. Um, and, you know, my team, the average tenure of my team is over 10 years. So they've been around a while and they all have a really good working relationship. And if somebody asks for time off and somebody else can't take time off, they're usually very accommodating. I've yet to run into a situation where there's resentment because somebody was granted time off and somebody didn't get it because of that other employee. That is so fabulous to hear. So I'm curious, how does it change your own personal view of your time off? Yeah. Uh, you know, so as I mentioned before, I, I've always been a, more of a task oriented than time oriented. Um, I think for me, I'm, I'm going to be more of the, uh, try to take more time off in the summertime and, um, force myself to put time on the calendar throughout the year. Um, you know, I, I thought about taking measurements after each quarter and be like, how much time did I take off in the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, um, so that you don't get to the end of the year and realize that you spent the first nine months of the year and you only took five days off. Yeah, really great uh, counsel for the managers or folks, you know, you love what you do. And I call those things kind of vacation emergencies, you know, it kind of plods along, you're worried about everybody else. And I think leaders, um, you know, you need your time off. You're also role modeling for your team that it isn't just, you know, do as I say, but I'm doing what I'm saying. So um, I just want to encourage folks to make sure you take the time that you need. Uh, this is so exciting. I'm very um, jazzed to see how this plays out more broadly because I think this um, could, you know, well done. It could be a, a real win for folks yeah. in the workplace. And one other thing that I, I thought of as we were talking that came as feedback is we've always thought about time off as being days off. You know, I'm going to take Friday off. I'm going to take Wednesday off. One of the things that my team really focused in on was partial days where they're just like, oh, I can now schedule that appointment and take Tuesday morning off. You know, they're thinking more about like smaller fragments where I may need two hours or four hours off. And it's just much more easy to accommodate when you're not having to put it into a system and figure out how you record a quarter or a day or a half a day, or you're not quite sure how many hours you're going to need off. You know, you might only need two hours or because the car, you know, repair took longer, it was four hours off. Um, so I, I think that's another area where um, employees can see some future benefit. They, they don't have to think about time off in day blocks anymore. It can be down to the hour. Yeah, that's very cool. How is the tracking? I, I presume somebody just is sort of 
tracking or no, is there no tracking? How does that work? Yep. Yeah, no. So we do have a, an HR system where um, they will still, every employee will still be required to put in their time off. It's just, there's no outstanding balance. It's just log time. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, I am so thrilled of about hearing this and proud of how you've handled it. Uh, do you have a top takeaway from our little chat? I, I think the top takeaway goes back to your idea about engaging the team and getting their buy-in and coming to a consensus on what we think a good unlimited PTO policy looks like. Yeah, I agree. Created, creating the future together. I love it. Yeah, uh, I'm cheering phrase. for you. I'm really cheering for you, big time, Jim. You're always welcome back. Uh, ping yeah. me if I might be helping. I look forward to hearing how this whole policy evolves. Um, thank you for being part of the solution. You take good care. Thank you for having me on again. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Right, bye. Ah, that is so fabulous. I love hearing about that. Okay, we're back uh, in the tri-state area here in the city, and I am super excited to have a chat with Grace. Grace, welcome to the show. How is it going? Uh, Terrific. Um, It's going really well. Thanks for inviting me. Um, I watched some of your videos over the weekend, and I'm excited to be here. That's fantastic. I love it. Appreciate you being enthusiastic about saying it skillfully at Grace. What, uh, what's top of mind for you? Um, well, I am a native New Yorker and we are stereotypically known for perhaps being more blunt and direct. Um, so One of the things I was, one of the topics I was thinking about over the weekend is um, what is your advice on how to say things skillfully, but still be authentic? And the kind of framework in which I'm asking that or the scenario is, um, you know, I have a manager. I try to have, you know, open, direct communication back and forth, um, feedback in both directions. In terms of a blind spot, I feel like initially when I give her feedback on topics, she's always quick to deny, quick to deflect. But then when she does say things like, okay, I'm going to work on that, her actions don't align to her intent. So I was just kind of thinking, what is a way of saying that skillfully without alienating her, without discouraging her or getting her um, defensive, yet calling out the behavior of this is not what you committed to? Oh, I love it. I love it. Sorry, that might be a mouthful. (laughs) No, sorry at all. I absolutely embrace it. And I think it's so great because it just shows that notion of, you know, we're in it for each other folks, right? And so leaders help their people, people help their leaders. And that's, um, that's the whole mutual accountability. So let's unpack this first. And as a framework, it really starts with the me and then you and then we. So the me is what's going on for grace. And it's getting in good relationship with oneself. So when you think about, I want to have this conversation with 
let's call the boss Amy, right? Amy, uh, what's going on for you? Um, I think what's going on for me and my primary objective is I prefer a smooth and efficient work environment. I'm very social. Um, I do a lot of my work on a social level. Um, but not everyone gets along. So that's not, while that's my preferred way of interacting with people um, on a personal level, my work colleagues, it doesn't have to be that way with everybody. But at a minimum, I prefer a work environment that is pleasant and efficient. And if I'm being, if I'm really reflecting, probably honest is also a big one for me. Great. Okay. So that's super, super to know and to be able to say to yourself, like, what's going on for me? And this honesty thing is you see something, right? And you really want to be upfront and honest about you. And if you're not, that eats at you. So that's not good for grace. And that's a great driver for change. And and I'll go on a limb and, and say that I'm thinking you would want people to be honest with you, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's great. So then there's the you thing, which is like, hey, what's going on for Amy? And if you do your best to put yourself in her shoes um, and she's hearing input from you, what do you think is going on for her? I think if I'm looking at things from her perspective, they are mostly um, draped in, I'm a new employee. I'm actually doing a great job considering I'm new. I have a lot that I'm trying to pick up and I am juggling many items at once. Yeah, got it. So that's great empathy to have a sense. And again, we know that this is still Grace's sense of what it's like for Amy, but that's important. Um, And then would you say that from, I appreciate that she's new, that you've seen the signs that Amy's open to input and wants to grow? That's kind of where I get confused. Um, She says that she is. She constantly says that she is. But then when I do that, it is not taken well. And, you know, I would say even most recently, she and I were having a conversation and she had mentioned, you're the only one who gives me feedback. Everyone else loves working with me, Mm. which I happen to know from other people. They have the same issues, but they have a different style, which is to work around issues. Mine is to deal with things head on and try to resolve them or create change. Yeah. Okay, this is that last statement's very helpful for me. Okay, so how long has this been that you've been with a new manager? Uh, probably, yeah, probably about six months. Okay. Um, so this is one thing for folks listening, and it's never too late. The ability to truly get to know one's boss is a, an opportunity on both sides. So, and I just literally had a call with a very senior technology leader who spent three weeks, had a whole new team, and all. All she did was just get to know folks and who they are and what drives them in a very genuine way. And so I just encourage folks, well, it might seem like I got to jump in and get a lot of stuff done, 
that stuff will get done faster and better when the people feel that uh, you're connected to them, that you know kind of what makes them tick and doesn't make them tick. So I really encourage folks, if you're really, you know, thrown into a fire and you don't have time, then come back after. But it could be a chance, and I'm just offering uh, Grace, it could be a chance to do a reset and say, hey, it's been six months now. Let's go to lunch. I'd love to just hear your thoughts. And also, you know, I want to be, I want to be supportive of you so that you're successful. And I know that, you know, you're, you're here to help all of us to grow and succeed and, you know, take it offline potentially. And, you know, the courage to show vulnerability and vulnerability is the must for trust is that's where it's at. And for folks, when we're defensive, when we're blaming, you know, deep down, there's an insecurity, we're not good enough. And even though folks may word it the exact right way, if the person isn't in good relationship with their own self, that's not something we can do for them. The opportunity to just create space to help them feel more comfortable in themselves is out there. Again, we can't make them, but that's the root of it. And I think that can sometimes be very challenging for employees if the manager or leader isn't as secure as they might deserve to be, but they're just not. Okay. So I, I want to mm-hmm. create space for you to not, to realize that that you can't control that. Right. And so you, you offer what you can to help her feel safe and feel relaxed and hopefully she'll go there. Okay. Um, and then I think what I'm hearing is, you know, and I, and I think this is owning it, right. So only person, you know, who, likes working with me, you know, or, you know, gives me feedback and say, Hey, you know, Amy, one thing, and I'm so glad to have had the chance and acknowledge whatever positive things you have already with the relationship and say, you know, one of the things I realized, and you can blame me is I, I really want to have a world-class relationship with you. Like I want to be, I want my relationship with you to be like top in the group and I'm willing to do whatever it takes so that you're successful. And I know that you're being successful helps our group. Um, and and helps me, and just really coming across when I said, "Hey, I really care enough, and I want you to be successful." And and see if you can get her to just take her guard down and be like, "Hey, here's someone who's really going out on a limb." And you can say, "I'm going on a, on a limb a little bit, but I really care, and I've been here a while, and I want to help you any way I can, so that as a group we're crushing it." So that's the intention. Yeah, we haven't talked anything about her behavior. So that's the intention part. Yeah, that's probably, um, I think that's very helpful because I assume that my actions of staying engaged, continuing to communicate, continuing to provide feedback are understood that that's what caring is. You know, from my perspective, if I didn't care, I wouldn't bother. Um, but you make a very good point that people have different perceptions and assumptions. So it would probably be good to, um, you know, encapsulate that and state that, that that's my intent. Yeah. And it's great to own it saying, you know, I'm realizing that I may be coming across in a way that isn't what I intend. And I own that bad, you know, bad on grace, you know, whatever you need to do to help the person feel like they're not being judged, right? And and just say, hey, I'm just, I'm, I, you know, this is something about me and I try 
to support people the way I'd want to be supportive. So please know that's where I'm coming from. Right. And believe me, you know, I've made tons of mistakes and um, you know, if anyone can help me make new mistakes and I can learn from people's uh, mistakes, I'm happy to do that. Right. I just think there's a common cause there that, and, and it is in the how, you know, you have to show that you really care about the human being right in the eye, you know, taking time, not looking around that, that takes real connection. So you have to get yourself in that space where your heart is really open and people will feel that your heart mm. is open, right? Um, and then I, I hear, heard this, you know, everyone else loves working with me and say, you know, I just want to, I, I heard that, Amy, and I got to tell you, I felt so bad. I thought about it for a week and I realized, you know, I love working with you and I, and I never, I never intend with any of my input to, to come across as critical or harsh or judging. And I'm really sorry if I have done that awesome right so try to get that out in the open sweep it in the carpet and just you know let her know you're there to really help right and so you know this is a thing and i really appreciate clarity with you because i heard you say la 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 right you're open uh, which is great and so so i believe you right and so is that the case? I really want us to be clear on this because if you would rather like not say anything look at i can do that too Right. You're, you're good with whatever. No, 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 I do. Okay. Yeah. So great that you do. And she's going to say, great. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, for example, when I offered this, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. This is the, this is what I heard next. And you're, you're just kind of, you can even be even joking. Right. And, and say, so, and you can blame me. What would help me to feel safe so that I could give you the input that I think you want to hear? And that if I were in your shoes, I'd want to hear. If you could just say, thank you. And, you know, she hasn't had someone helping her to receive feedback, clearly, right? Because mm -hmm. she wouldn't, right. because it's a gift, right? The leader's listening. Hello, leaders. If someone comes to you, even if they're not as skillful as you would like them to be, okay? Thank you. Thank you for caring enough for the gift of helping me to see something that I may not be able to see. By the way, we all have blind spots. Hello, folks, right? So that, you know, can be a way to coach them up um, and, and have compassion that lots of times people get put into these manager or leadership positions and they haven't necessarily had a lot of support. So they're flailing a little bit, right? So that's okay. And they're trying to get the job done and they're getting pressure from their boss, right? So there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. So I have said a lot. What is landing for you, Grace? Um, you know, I think kind of uh, playing back the conversation <laughs> is helpful because, again, I assume um, because I am careful and deliberate with my words. I take others, um, others' words at the value of what they say, whereas I think sometimes people can throw around words and be like, oh, yeah, I said that, but that's not what I meant. So I think it would be, I think your suggestion of to play back the conversation would be very helpful um, to confirm that's what they intended and to state what I heard. Um, and then I think, you know, again, also just to emphasize 
the point of giving feedback is a form of support. And this is a, um, a, a way to support her and enable her not to add to the pile of her stresses. Yeah, great. That's great stuff. One thing I'm going to offer for you, Grace, is I could, I could imagine, it's our short time together, I could imagine you can come across fairly black and white. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. An opportunity for you is to just expand the range a bit and bring in a bit more emotion. I'm not saying emotional, right? But the emotion and the, the notion of how do you show up, the energy with which you show up, the heart, the feeling that someone gets being around you before you open a single, utter a single word. Okay. And with the mom, with the kids, you know, when your family, think about the energy and the vibe that you exude. And if that is of genuine caring and optimism and enthusiasm, that feels different than, well, let me make sure that I understand. And so that feeling part could be a big opportunity for you to let that part of you come through. And so it can be, ah, you know, I've heard, I've I've said a lot, what are you hearing? Let me play that back. I think, I think this is what I'm hearing. Please correct me if I don't have it right. There's a little, you know, I don't, I'm not saying it's playfulness, but there's a certain lightness to it. We're not trying to get down Mm -hmm. there to the dot, the I and cross the T. But we're trying to get to understanding and appreciate appreciate each other for who we really are. Mm-hmm. And a, at a slightly less intense level. At a slightly less intense. <laughs> exactly. See that great laughter. Look at that great laughter. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. Bring that on. Bring it on. Game on. Okay. Um, okay. You've been fantastic. I really appreciate you raising this. I can feel it. Uh, the opportunity ahead. So keep me posted. And if I can be helpful at all in any way, Grace, you let me know. You take good care. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been super helpful. Thanks, Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for being part of the solution. (laughs) Okay, folks, this is so great. I love this. Okay. My thought for the week is from Shinzen Young. Our job is to love the unlovable. And that is a wrap, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? 
What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too.